The following is my conversation with Rob Mallory. He is currently the head of talent and operations at Magic, a company working to build aligned artificial general intelligence. He recently worked at OpenAI and was their sole recruiter for software engineers. But most importantly, he is a high energy, genuine and passion driven person. In this conversation, we talk about Rob's personal life and career journey, OpenAI's hiring process and what it takes to work at the forefront of tech. We also talk about what the not so far away future of AGI might look like. We talk about the rapid, colossal changes that lay near ahead and how one might navigate such uncharted territories. I have to say, the magnitude and nature of these changes are hard to fathom, but I hope this conversation helps to illuminate what the near future may hold for us. These are very unprecedented times we're going to be living in. I hope you, like Rob, can choose the course of optimism, for it is the optimist that will adapt and utilize the opportunities as they arise. But further, I hope this conversation and the inevitable drastic changes that will come in the next few years create a sense of urgency inside you to do the things you've always wanted to do and to be the person you've always wanted to be. The truth is, the one thing we can expect with certainty is that unexpected things will happen. Take the pandemic, for instance. The point is to not squander the opportunities and gifts of this present moment, as none of us really know what will happen in the next one. So Rob, why don't you begin by giving us a little bit of a summary of your career and life journey to date, um, starting at your time growing up in the log cabin in Montana to um, working at cutting edge AI companies like OpenAI and Magic. Yeah. Um, first off, Owen, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, path for sure. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Montana uh, in a like I said, a log cabin that my dad actually built from trees that he cut down himself. So uh, he was a logger, uh, and uh, never, you know, would have would have thought, uh, you know, kind of the journey would take you, uh, you know, where where it's taken me. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Um, so yeah, the 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 path is just kind of continue, you know, doing things that. Um, I don't know, that that you enjoy. Uh, I you know went to went to school, moved around a bit when I was younger. Uh, moved to Las Vegas uh, when I was in sixth grade, uh, and uh, grew up there. Went to school there, uh, and um, got into recruiting kind of as a never really even heard of it, um, but started off my school in like electrical engineering in college. Uh, went to biology, was pre med, uh, and so yeah. It, it, as far as recruiting goes, tech recruiting, I'd never really known that that was a, that was a thing. Um, but um, it's one of those things that if you can do it and you are, you know, your communication skills are strong and you're, uh, you know, kind of curious about people and, and what makes them tick. Uh, it's something that basically anybody can get into. I've, I've met recruiters that are really good who come from any number of different backgrounds. So there's no, no path. The one path that that'll get you there is uh, basically uh, it, it's not by design. It's almost never by design. Uh, so you kind of happen into it. Um, and yeah, just, uh, from there, I've been doing that for 20 plus years, just building high performance teams with, uh, with, with companies, um, usually on the tech side, uh, never really, uh, the, the, my, I built a couple of startups that, um, you know, never went anywhere, but they were fun. Uh, and, um, the first time that I was looking for a new role, um, really since college, was when I joined OpenAI. Uh, OpenAI was the top place that I could think, like, okay, cool, this is you know, amazing team, 
um, you know, perfect mission. Uh, you know, if, if we can do something there, let's do it. Uh, and so, yeah, I hadn't put a resume together in 20 years, but uh, put it together, sent it in, got a call, got the job, and then had to move to San Francisco and, um, and uh, you know, tackle something that um, was, like I said, a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the journey. I, I'm now at Magic uh, after uh, opening. I got a little bit bigger than uh, I think, you know, I'm a startup guy. And so, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, tackling a new startup uh is is a blast and that's what i always like doing and and you know open ai was that uh, a couple of years ago and now it's kind of like you know the big dog uh and so i want to you know see if i can help build, build another big dog what did you notice any shifts in like the culture or or things at open ai when it went from the smaller company to the big like i'm assuming there's a lot more like bureaucracy and things like that or, or was it able to maintain kind of that startup environment yeah, not so much bureaucracy. Um, I wouldn't, and and this would all be it, OpenAI might have the best team in the world. Like uh, the team is is outstandingly good. Um, so it's not not so much about you know bureaucracy, but it's just the more people you have, the harder it is to run as fast as as you can go. Uh, you know, the, there's a difference between you know a ten person team with amazing people and a fifty person team with amazing people. Uh, you know, ramp that up to 200 people, it's, you know, different again, and then double it again, it's kind of different again. So, you know, it's just, um, it's the reason you don't see as much innovation, you know, from, you know, a, a you know, larger organizations like, a, you know, certainly, the, you know, beyond five and 10,000 people, it's really hard to, you know, you know, kind of pocketize innovation. Um, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing really creeping in. It's just a matter of, of, I enjoy talent problems, and there's less, less of a less talent problems when basically the entire world wants to work there. And so that's, you know, it's not so much bureaucracy. It's just, uh, you know, just there, you're not like me. I like, you know, kind of solving org growth problems and, um, and there's, there's less of those there. As you said, I think the whole world does want to work there. And I think a lot of our listeners probably want to work there. So um, I saw that you were the head of recruiting for 2021 and managed all the software engineering applications. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any like, applicable advice, kind of like a roadmap of like hard skills, experiences that our listeners would want to develop um, and maybe delve into the application process a little bit and how, yeah. how our applicants can stand out. Um, there's nothing, I, uh, there's no prescription really. Um, what, what OpenAI would be looking for, you know, probably more than almost any company out there is just amazingly good folks. Uh, and so being really, really good um, is, I know that that's not a, uh, you know, a, a prescription, but, you know, it'd be, it'd be, but it'd be the same thing that you'd talk to an athlete about. Like if you're, if you want to be the best, uh, you know, if you want to play professional sports, uh, you got to work hard, you've got to have talent. Uh, and so like the combination of working really hard and, you know, uh, some level of talent, people can get, you know, get by with a little harder work and a little less talent, um, but the talent has to be there. And so, you know, that kind of, you know, gets built on over, you know, over a school career and then a, and then a career, uh, you know, a professional career. Um, so yeah, working hard, you know, generally being, uh, you know, stronger than, than other people that you're, that you're surrounded with, whether that be in high school, whether it be in college, whether that be in, um, you know, in your, in your career, uh, you know, that, that's a good recipe, you know, just, I don't, I don't want to say like be competitive, but you, you've got to be just really good uh, and, and, and kind of 
focus on the thing that comes naturally and kind of easy to you. I think that's always uh, something that I advise, you know, folks earlier in their career, you might have a game plan, uh, you know, for earlier, you know, like the earlier you are, the, the, the less, you know, you might have a game plan. You might want to be an astronaut. You might want to be a doctor. You might want to be, you know, an AI researcher. Um, but it turns out like go with the thing that, that kind of comes easy and then just keep working at that. Uh, Cause that's the thing that you can become, you know, potentially world-class at. Uh, and, and it's really hard to become world-class. at something that like you struggle with. Uh, and so I don't know, find that thing um, and, and go with it. Like for, for example, I started, but it definitely wouldn't have worked at OpenAI as a, as a software engineer or a researcher. That was, it just didn't come as naturally as, as other people that I saw that it did. And, and then, you know, seeing them do that, um, kind of opens your eyes. So, you know, just be aware of what you're really good at and, and then focus on that. Um, if it's engineering, great. If it's, you know, something else, great. I mean, you, you know, there's, there's amazingly brilliant people working at, um, you know, OpenAI and other companies, but just, you don't have to be, you know, technical to, to be there. Uh, and so, I don't know, that's, that's, uh, I know that's not super specific, but focus on the thing that you're good at and then, and then just work hard at it. Uh, that's usually a pretty good recipe to go as far as you can go. When it comes to the interview process, so is there, is there, um, what does the stages look like? Is there an initial dump of a bunch of resumes and then like, and you, when you talk about strong applicants, is it um, like 98% average, 99% average in school, or is it more focusing on four or five years of concrete experience in doing like hardcore developing? Or, like what, what, what are, what are these filters that are, uh, the resumes are going through? Yeah, no, no filter. OpenAI recruiting team looks at every single resume that comes in. Um, so there's no automated anything uh, that might sound odd you know, uh, considering it's the best AI company in the world, but no, it's a very human game. And it's frankly, not a science. Um, it's really, uh, it, you know, it, 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 you're, you're, you're trying to sum up, you know, what, what somebody's doing and, you know, there's different roles. Uh, and, and so depending on the role, you're looking at somebody's, you know, background and expertise and, and ability to do it. Um, but a lot of times you're just looking for, you know, uh, like, especially for me on the software side, you're looking for, um, you know, just a track record of, of really good. Um, and that, that track record could be, um, educationally, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, bachelor's, master's, PhD, um, it could be a track record of, of working in, you know, in industry, and generally, the you know the better companies you're at, the more impact you're making there uh, is going to be good signal. Um, but somebody could you know work at three straight unsuccessful startups that has a really interesting background. You know you don't have to work at a Fang uh, type company to uh, to you know be be great. Um, and sometimes the longer you're doing that, the less startup-y and fast and, and kind of innovative you can be. So, you know, good mix of, of you know, career, uh, strong, you know, strong background education-wise, um, but just, you know, any kind of background that says, oh, okay, you you made an outsized impact there, wherever that was. Uh, that's that's always what I'm looking for. And then, and then see if that translates into, you know, can do this thing that we're doing, you know, at, uh, you know, where we're doing it. And um, yeah, if you can, if you can, you know, bring, bring that track record, uh, you know, to an amazing team, uh, you're going to be fine.
in that interview process, is it a lot of things like leak code and like the technical algorithm type problems or, or what does that look like? Yeah, less, less lead Cody. Um, OpenAI in particular has a very kind of real world, uh, you know, here's, it's certainly algorithmic and, you know, uh, problem solving and, and, you know, can you code, uh, you know, and, and so, but not really as much to study for it, or here's the, you know, here's, here's how to pass every leak code, uh, you know, engineering, um, you know, interview. It's more along the lines of, live coding, uh, you know, with a member of the team, um, and going through, you know, building something with them. So I've always, I always said it was a very collaborative process that, um, your, the, the person that you'd be interviewing and there'd be, you know, generally four-ish, uh, tech interviews, um, you know, maybe a system designer two, a couple coding interviews uh, that that focus on you know uh, problem solving and and you know uh, efficient algorithms things like that. But they'd be you'd be interviewing with somebody that's there to help you through it. Um, it's it wouldn't it's uh, it definitely not the some companies will have a almost combative uh, interview process where they're like the person is trying to I don't know judge you or like you like like screw you up in a way um but OpenAI has a very collaborative very like you're meeting with somebody and they're kind of your guide uh, is what I would always say so um yeah it's it, then it's just about kind of you know bringing the goods uh you know can you you know make something tricky hard look fairly straightforward and easy that's a good signal that that we're looking for is is kind of making a tough interview process look easy and then and then go from there and then when you're talking about like the the credentials of having having good past experiences does that mean like have working on projects and seeing them to like through to completion or like is the finished product super important for that like having a, a polished off app that works perfectly or something like that or is it more the the breadth of experience and like different learning experiences um, it's definitely not the polished app. It's the process that it takes to get there. Um, and it's hard to create that with like scholastic achievements. Um, it's hard to separate. So the, the thing that I would talk about with, um, with like st uh, students and, and folks that are younger in their career is less about it, like you've got to do things that are more than just going through your schoolwork or going through the things that were assigned to you. Uh, so working on things that that interest you and that are um, you know doing interesting open source uh, you know contributions like learning learning something that your your teacher or your professor never never you know never prompted you to do. Those those are always helpful and show kind of the. The inquisitiveness and the and the motivation to do more than what everybody else is doing, uh, and and so, yeah, it's. I would never say you know you can't go and get a um, here write a write a write an app and that's gonna you know be a good a good thing. Um, get a certification that's gonna be a good thing. None of those really. Um, you could stack your resume full of stuff like that and and still not really have. Kind of the 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 thing that a world class org like OpenAI would be looking for. They're they're looking for, you know, thinking differently, doing differently. Scale and scope of something is 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 you know way bigger and and grander than at most places. So, um, 
Yeah. So the, 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 the trickier thing you can tackle is going to be good um, rather than like polish up something that's kind of more straightforward and frankly, like a solved problem. If you, you know, I, I see a lot of those on resumes, like, like, uh, you know, they're basically just kind of projects that um, are perfectly good to do, um, but they're, they're solved problems. Like only so many poker bots we can look at, like, unless you built the best poker bot in the world or, or the best something else in the world, um, that then people use, like we, I remember a couple of people that we hired at, at OpenAI um, were almost exclusively like the, the signal that we saw on them was like just a really interesting open source project that they were kind of a core contributor or primary contributor to and um, and and then that's the the thing that, oh, okay, cool, this person stands out because of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not really anything prescriptive that um that i would look at in terms of just um like it, you know completed app or not complete it's more like how tough of a problem have you tackled and how easy you know did you do that and it might might take you know a lot of practice to get to where it was easy um that's part of the journey um but the you know the the what what's your peak is, is kind of what i'm always looking for is like what's your peak either now or where can you get to uh you know peak in the future is also you know, something that we're looking for signal for, for sure. I think some of our listeners might find it interesting if you maybe describe like an archetype of like, let's say Joe, he's he's mm-hmm. uh, OpenAI open employee. Like what are, what does his experience look like? Um, uh, OpenAI software engineer, like uh, like what, what are the kinds of caliber of people? Like what are the kinds of projects they've worked on? Yeah, the, there's no super archetype. Um, generally people, that work at OpenAI on, let's say, the software side, have certainly they can work wherever they want, uh, and so I think that's one thing that, like, you know, they they've certainly worked at, you know, whether they chose to go down a startup path, great, they they chose that. Whether they chose to, you know, out of school go to Google or or Meta or you know some other kind of um, you know upper level company such as that. Um, they probably didn't work at kind of a larger company that was, you know, maybe not best known for their software engineering or their tech work. Um, so more maybe less production software and more, you know, IT work. Um, they probably didn't uh, work there for un- unless it was just, you know, something to where maybe they didn't go to the best school. And so, you know, maybe, you know, the, the fan companies weren't, at their career fairs, uh, and so had to take something that was maybe nearby, or maybe they did. You know, uh, you know, they've always lived in a place that wasn't, uh, you know, known for its tech, and um, you know, went to school somewhere nearby their their home where they grew up, and then you know, went to 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 work in their first job. Same same, but they were but they were the best there. You know what I mean? So you can. It, it's something that it's possible to be great anywhere, um, and um, yeah, but there's no like set standard, you know, this is where somebody, this is what somebody's career was. Um, one of the best engineers I I hired all of last year, um, and that's in a sea of people that had, you know, 10 years at Google or Meta or Stripe or, you know, really good, you know, backgrounds companies. One of the best hires um, was two years experience uh, and, you know, graduated um, from uh, Waterloo. Uh, so obviously a good school, um, but, you know, was only two years into his career and um, 
and then was working in a company I'd never heard of up in up in Toronto. And he he breezed through the interviews like they were standing still. Uh, and then six months after he 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 started, uh, he was just on a it, like a path that uh, you could tell like he was very very good um, and the potential there was very very strong. And so, um, but had less experience than the other you know thirty five or so software engineers I hired all of last year. So like. I know that that's not that's kind of one offy and anecdotal, but it's 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 a testament. You know, it, talent and and the hard work then on top of that talent shows. Uh, you know, the the you know it, it always shows. It, it shows up maybe you know while you're in school, two years after, ten years after, um, and so yeah, it's not really a you know there's not a a design. Uh, it's just something that um, that usually manifests itself uh, at some point in your career. Well, why don't we uh, talk about Magic for a little while? Why don't you tell us about what you're yep. working on at Magic and, and kind of the vision with the company? Yeah, so Magic. Uh, I mean, it, it's. It, I, I know most people would think I'm nuts for for leaving OpenAI, but uh, the uh, Magic is much smaller. We're only, we're only ten people. So OpenAI has maybe 450 people. Magic has ten people. And we're doing the same thing, safe AGI. Uh, so OpenAI, the, you know, the, their number one mission is, uh, you know, get to AGI, make sure that that benefits everyone. Uh, Magic, same, same. Um, but we're like $10 billion behind and, you know, six years behind in terms of, of timing and money and funding. Um, and, uh, and so we've got our work cut out for us, but, you know, same mission. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get there by focusing a little bit more, uh, we're basically uh, looking to to automate software engineering. Um, and so kind of, I know it's not exactly near term, but what we want to do over the next few years is build an AI software engineer. And so if you can build an AI software engineer that's every bit as good as a human, um, that creative uh, reasons uh, and, and thinks through uh, problems uh, the way a human would, that's you know, a stone's throw or two from AGI. Uh, now getting there, you know, safely is still, uh, you know, the key, but um, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy talent problems. I enjoy kind of building something that doesn't exist yet. Uh, you know, the open AI, um, you know, when you're just reviewing resumes as, you know, kind of the person in charge of, of, of uh, you know, technical recruiting, it's, it's, it's less, um, they're, they're, everybody knows that this is the place to be. Um, that wasn't even the case, uh, like, you know, just, you know, not too long ago when I joined. Uh, the, the, and so I like to build up that, the, you know, help build up that brand. I mean, I didn't really so much do it at OpenAI as we, you know, we released ChatGPD and then everybody knows it. Uh, but it's, uh, so that's part of, of kind of getting there is, you know, doing things that other people, other companies uh, can't do uh, and building useful, uh, you know, things that, that uh, you know, put, put everyone on notice. And that's what we're looking to do at Magic um, is uh, we the thing that we have that nobody else in the world has is uh, uh, is a model that can see a much larger context window uh, than anywhere any any other model, uh, and so uh, it's a it kind of a fundamental breakthrough in a qualitative way to making AI uh, you know better and more capable. 
um, you can throw an entire company's code base uh, into a context window for um, you know for our model, uh, and that's a couple orders of magnitude better than anyone else, including OpenAI. And so um, you know that's a, it's a problem that everyone's working on. Uh, Magic has solved it. Uh, now it's a matter of kind of scaling the model and and uh, and getting it. Uh, you know, keeping it stable, getting it bigger, uh, and so I'm curious to see what'll what'll take place if we can if we can do that. If we can scale something you know that that no one else has, uh, and turn that into a really capable you know coding assistant. Um, that's going to be uh, you know fun, and that'll that'll start that recruiting that kind of talent game that I enjoy doing is is building something that people want to building the one you know building the place that people want to go to. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. What would it practically look like um, as a coding assistant or completely automating um, software engineering? Like one could argue that the initial coding, writing binary, now like abstracted languages like Python is is already like a layer of abstraction. Will it be similar to mm -hmm. that? Will it be like a, a further layer, layer of extra abstraction? So maybe programming in natural language or, or what would that look like? Yeah, um, that's that's nearer term like we can almost ba chat gpt basically does that in some some you know settings so yeah put that put that thought on afterburners like i i don't think it's weird to say it's still kind of wild to say but i think it might be strange if people are looking at code uh you know several years from now um that's how quickly this is going to be little in writing it um if people are like sitting sitting there typing code three years from now, then anything any predictions I have are are dead wrong. I I I think it'll be strange to be you know like typing code uh, multiple years from now, and um, so yeah, what does that then look like when that's the case? It's it, it'll be a little bit more like almost you know design is the only thing you know that you're doing when you're building something um or you're or you set your ai to creative mode and then every morning you wake up to something new that maybe you edit um but you know it's like i don't know exactly what you know engineering looks like when kind of the hard part historically is is kind of done and yes we've got we've, we've made great progress in terms of abstracting away uh, you know, like machine code into things that that we can do, but it's um, you know, what that abstraction looks like above you know above the layers that we're at now, it's going to get it really interesting. Um, but it's yeah, it'll unlock so much productivity uh, from from people um, that I, yeah, it'll it'll be a very strange world when you know when when the drudgery of of kind of typing code so a computer can know what I'm trying to have it do when that goes away um I just think the 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 creativity you know of humans is going to uh, usher in a really really interesting time do you think like like the progression from uh, machine coding to like languages like python and java has probably over 100 times the amount of people working in the field since then, do you think the, a similar thing will happen? Or do you think the demand for software engineers or the future software engineers will go yeah. down? That's a great question. Um, I don't have the answer and I don't think anybody, uh, you know, really does. Um, it'll just look so different that, that, um, 
it, it'll, I mean, it'll just be very disruptive and, and kind of the, the, the way that things will happen, but it's not going to be, um, and I don't know about the raw number. And so, I mean, the easy answer is there will be way less people like kind of building apps, you know what I mean? So like, like, like the, the, if, if your job as a developer right now is again, kind of implementing solved problems, um, you definitely have to up-level that. Um, and, and, and so I think, you know, just, there will be a lot of automation that, that will allow, um, allow for right now there are, there are things that basically can be automated right even right now that people are still doing um you know in in a lot of fields and so i think that that um those those type of things are going to uh, just accelerate um again whether that's like the lower tier web and app development um that'll be just done by somebody with an ai tool um and you don't even need to be technical to do that so there's there's just different layers that that um, will continue to get automated, um, and everyone is going to have to you know continue to navigate uh, in very and 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 quickly. Uh, this is going to happen across an entire, basically across an entire industry, economy, world, uh, in a way that's never happened before. Um, you know, it'd be certainly on par with any industrial revolution. You know. Uh, you know, the scope of things, how different things were pre and then post. Um, but it'll, it'll happen on a, on a digital like timeline. Uh, and so that's going to be really, um, you know, it's going to change quickly and people are going to have to really be um, just, yeah, I, I, not just ready for it, but just like constantly evolving. Uh, and I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that shakes out. Uh, you know, humans always proven themselves to be very adaptable that way, and and they're going to have to prove it again. What do you think are some of the bigger like societal implications, and um, what do you think the timeline is is for some of those? Yeah, the yeah AI is not just a another. It's not just a bigger internet. You know what I mean? It's not just a now we have mobile. Um, it's essentially automating intelligence uh and 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 so that will have profound impacts um that you know if done right will bring just an un unimaginably amazing world so you know i i believe in a world of, of abundance that will will come from this that um you know the the I mean the the far-reaching versions like the and again like within our lifetime we'll have you know machine we'll have AI building machines building machines and I know that sounds you know potentially scary but like AI building machines but but that could take atoms out of the air and build a house out of it you know like that that's that's the wild stuff you can start thinking of when when there is no more limitation um, and I don't know we'll we'll see where where we get along that but like that if if you can have like sci-fi level tools and intelligence um at your disposal that's that's a really interesting world like we are definitely i i think within our lifetime and and it's you know I, your lifetime will be longer than mine um but 
I we're going to be in a situation probably within the next two decades to where some things are going to get really, really weird. And, and just even in the next five years, you know, we're 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 going to have things that um, that uh, look just oddly futuristic um, to to even where we're at right now. So, yeah, the, the timeline is fast and. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see where this uh, we'll we'll see where this takes us, but it's definitely going to be an interesting ride. You offer any insights into like the specific kinds of things we'll see in the next five years um, that are, will have like the most disruption? You think? I, I mean, I think what M Magic is doing is is going to be that. Like, and 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 certainly OpenAI obviously is is doing same, um, but automating automating uh, automating knowledge work is going to be huge like that's that's just an incredible thing to think about um and that right there is going to be the thing that that is the most disruptive is is as soon as we are automating you know uh, software development or um you know uh, large scale you know data analysis uh you know uh, decision making, uh, you know, for um, for executives, you know, just really, really big, crunchy things that have always taken humans uh, and really smart humans to do. That's going to be um, that's going to be interesting. Like, what can we build on top of that? Uh, I think is going to be the, the the interesting. What kind of you know companies are we building on top of that? Uh, what what do companies look like? Uh, you know, when when we're when you you'll need way less people, uh, you know, to do something really, really big. Uh, and so I think. I think that'll be the thing that will, that's going to be the, um, the most interesting for me is like, yeah, what does that world look like? And what do, you know, how do you build an organization, you know, um, when, when something, uh, when so many things are autumn, you know, automatic and automated, um, it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Could you uh, take a moment to kind of paint a picture for us of, in your mind, the base, like the best case, and you can you can be a sci-fi writer here, be as extraordinary as you want. The best case scenario when it comes to AI, but also the worst case. Like, what are the two kind of extreme cases that you see in the next, let's say, thirty years? Yeah, I mean, they're not the ones I see, but they're the ones that are possible. It's either you know, it's again a a utopian world of abundance in the best case scenario, and in the worst case, humans are no longer here. Like, so that's why like the safety aspect of of, of getting getting this right is an existential threat uh you know and and so everyone working on you know advanced ai and agi and beyond you know super intelligence beyond um they are you know and this is open ai this is anthropic this is certainly magic um you know those would be the the big three right now that are you know taking a real real big swing at this and um, I just know that the people involved, you know, in all of those organizations just are deeply aware of, of the dangers uh, and uh, and getting getting things right and getting this right is is, you know, likely to be the, the best thing that ever happened to humanity. Um, but there's that there's that chance that it, it is the worst. Uh, and so making sure that um, everybody is mindful of that is um, is I, like I said, what everyone is is paying very, very close attention to. When we can't even find alignment between humans and we can't even find alignment like within ourselves sometimes, like sometimes I'll eat foods I know I shouldn't be eating. Um, how how do you even approach a problem like alignment with AI? 
Yeah, it's a societal problem um, more than just a purely technical uh, problem. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, again, in a in a very optimistic and and the way that I kind of view this would be, you know, if done right, AI can be you know and will be better than us um, in all of those areas that we are not. You know, we are. Like you said, eating food that we shouldn't, or arguing with our, you know, our our neighbors and family. Like AI will have to be better than us. And the thing I'm actually most concerned about is not that that AI won't be, uh, you know, just this really transformative, really, you know, um, powerful movement for good, but that humans will not believe it or appreciate it or you know they'll 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 like I just kind of been looking at um you know recent couple of years how you know advancements in you know vaccines you know scientific advance you know we're we're looked at as frauds or we're looked at as um you know uh you know government's way to like subdue the masses or you know what I mean so it's it it like and that's kind of a lower scale version of the like I I hope that we appreciate and believe and can utilize um, as a society uh, something that will end up benefiting everyone. Um, that's the thing that's yeah you know, that alignment of AI. I, I'm not really you know that's a certainly a technical problem, but I'm the 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 reception of humanity is is actually something I think is more the wild card because um, the, the people that are working on AI um, and, and and doing the work, um, they're amazingly good people and, and they're very much focused on, uh, you know, making sure this goes well. It's it's the rest of the world that I'm actually kind of concerned about in the in the uptake of of that invention. Let's you know, let's call it an invention. And then what is the what is the reception of that? Um, that'll be interesting. That'll be the the thing that I'd kind of keep my eye on more than anything. When you're designing an aligned system, I'm assuming there's some metric of best interest that you're trying to optimize for, like whether it's human suffering, whether it's human fulfillment, like are, how do you quantify good when it comes to AI? Uh, it's beyond my pay grade. I, yeah, it's, it's, they call it the alignment problem for a good reason. Um, I don't have the answer to that. Um, but, you know, I'm also not an alignment researcher. Um, and so I, I, I hope that, you know, that we can do a good job, you know, on, on this. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of, even myself working in the field, I'm kind of, you know, having read, you know, books and, and make myself as knowledgeable as I can. There's still things like, well, I, I hope the researchers are doing a good job on this. So it's, yeah, it's, you know, kind of above my, my answering ability. Well, I think, I think a question like that is, is by nature above almost anyone's. It's, I think it's exactly. Yeah. They did in philosophy for thousands of years. So uh, uh, you said in your LinkedIn bio that you're a nerd about people, AI, the future of work, and any combination that allows humans to be their best selves. What do you uh, think, like, how, how do you think AI will allow people to become their best selves? And and what's the role of a human in the future? Yeah, AI is, is uh, I've said before, is just going to automate so many things and it'll make so many things easy that were, you know, that were jobs before. And so, if you remove, and I know that sounds bad, like removing jobs, uh, you know, but you're removing things that frankly were, you know, quote unquote jobs, like the things that, that, 
you know, people get paid for, but maybe they don't like doing, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we in the future. And again, this is not too long from now. We're boiling down the thing that somebody does in their job to the 10% just like essence of it that they enjoy, that they love. And they could, you know, and what the, the other 90% was kind of the not so much fun part or the, oh, I wish I didn't have to do that every day, but I do, um, you know, part of, of somebody's job. So like automating a lot of that away, um, I think that's the thing that, uh, that, is going to be interesting. So I don't know, maybe an easy way to look at this is like, whatever you're, whatever you're doing today, what if you could just cherry pick the, 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 your favorite 10% of that? Um, and then just do that all the time. Uh, so I think that'll be an interesting transition as we, you know, as we keep moving forward and then, you know, now you've got 10% of stuff. So you could throw a bunch of other things into the mix or just do a lot of that 10%. Uh, maybe that's the most fulfilling thing you could do, or just like, learn a bunch of other things on the side. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we're going to have a, an, an area, you know, not too far down the road where everyone has their own AI, uh, that, that maybe you put your AI to work, uh, you know, doing a chunk of this or all of it. And, and, and you focus on traveling and, and doing, you know, doing the things that you used to have to work to save up to do, but, you know, now the world kind of affords, uh, you know, the ability and you, your AI is off working and you get to, you know, do the things, uh, you know, that you want to do, but maybe, you know, a chunk of that work is still something that, you know, keeps you going and keeps you motivated, keeps you learning, keeps you, um, you know, interested in, in, in things uh, that, that isn't just traveling and having fun. So again, when we talk about a world of abund abundance, um, it, it really is a situation where if we can do this right, um, there's going to be plenty for everyone in terms of, you know, of everything we've ever viewed as important, you know, money, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, power and, and all the stuff that, you know, status, all the stuff that, that, uh, you know, I think people use to measure their, measure their games and their lives. Uh, I think we're going to get to a point where you might not have to, you know, do that measurement because everybody has it. Uh, I think that'll be an interesting kind of uh, world to live in. I think one of the things that a lot of people worry about is having like the few huge companies controlling the the technology that has like all of the intelligence. Um, how do you think that will, and also the wealth, how do you think that will um, distribute? Like, is there a dem democratic way to distribute it um, amongst people? And, and like, for instance, um, if I'm a if I'm a writer and I really enjoy the brainstorming process, but the mm. actual wordsmithing is something that I struggle with. Yeah. Um, my employer might um, not value the fact that I enjoy the the writing process if if it's cheaper and more effective to to deploy an AI. Like, how how do you address the um, like kind of bigger scale? Um, like, like how 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 can um, factors like uh, like maximizing profits at the expense of um, uh, at, at the expense of humans. Like, is that is that something we should be worried about? Yeah, I think there will need to be a fundamentally new order of things, um, and you know, capitalism and other you know systems of government have kind of got you know they've got the world to where it is today, um, and so you can't. 
you can't say, oh, it wasn't good to, you know, go down this path or go down that path. Um, so, but they're, but they're not the thing that will, that will be the way um, the world works, uh, you know, economically when AI is, is, is here and in full bloom, um, you know, so AGI and super intelligence beyond will produce, um, yeah, you know, necessity for different ways of doing things. Um, and I know it might sound weird to say, uh, but, you know, almost ask, and this goes back to where I, I hope society just kind of like, uh, you know, allows for the AI to be, you know, uh, you know, just to be, be good and be right. Um, Cause it wouldn't be surprising if, if AI is the one that, you know, advanced intelligence is the one that solves the problem of what should our societal, uh, you know, structure be. Um, and again, I know that can count, that, that can sound dystopian, um, but at the same time, like, I would hope that we would ask our smartest humans, if we were to redesign the way that the world works, I would hope that we would ask our smartest humans and then, you know, put them in a room and, and let them figure it out and then go with whatever they decide to do, because it's going to be better for everybody uh, and, you know, in mass. And so I hope that we, you know, can can maybe do that with uh, with AI and that, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, there's certain things that that I think are, are, are fair to say belong there. You know, it's, it's, it's um, enough for everyone. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, people, um, you know, not losing the humanity of, of each individual person. Like there's, there's going to be some, some key tenants to anything that we're, that we build out, but it'll be, uh, I, I think there's a, like, it won't just be capitalism. So it, like that question you're asking is, is kind of assuming you know, a Google or OpenAI or or Meta becomes that thing, uh, and and frankly, that's you know not quite exactly in the cards. Like OpenAI um, has a way better chance of getting to safe AGI than Google or Meta or any other company, um, and and the, they are set up, you know, to distribute uh, the benefits of that to everyone. The nonprofit still governs uh open ai and so you know that's a you know so if they do it uh and and there's you know massive uh you know uh, you know abundance from you know their you know if if open ai owns it basically everyone owns it and, and i know that twitter might not agree with that or or you know a senate hearing might not agree with that but like at the end of the day um if they get there then everybody's going to be in a good spot um so yeah, it's and, and you know, can can Google get there? Yeah, would they have to you know chain if if Google was worth you know thirty trillion dollars tomorrow or a hundred you know trillion dollars? Would that how how would that work with them being taxed or sharing with everybody? You know, so I don't know. Th those those are good questions, but um, yeah, I would imagine that uh, that you know government would have something to say about uh, about that. But I, I at the end of the day, I hope AI has something to say about it. Frankly. Does it scare you seeing the decision makers? I don't know a lot about politics, but it seems like oftentimes the decision makers don't know the the first thing about AI. And does that does that scare you? Um, that's that's probably the thing that I'm more worried about than anything. I mean, if we if we're talking about like is is the leadership at OpenAI good and and focused on doing the right thing, or anthropic, other people, you know, are they are they thinking about this right? 
the answer is a resounding yes. Um, as soon as we talk about, you know, can government, uh, you know, step in and do anything here, uh, they are almost by design going to have to depend on OpenAI, on Anthropic, and and you know other leaders in the space to make sure that uh, they don't do something that harms or hinders or, uh, frankly, like just screws it up. Um, yes, I like, would anybody in government, you know, seat, you know, Senate seats and things like that, would, they just do not understand where this is going. They are, they, I think they're doing their best uh, to, you know, learn more. And uh, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a paradigm shifting, world shifting thing. And, and I don't know, just in watching some of those Senate hearings, I, I don't think I don't think they understand the motivations of even the people that are building, uh, you know, advanced AI right now. Um, and, and they're, they're, they're looking at it almost, you know, by design in an old fashioned kind of, this is the way that things work. Uh, and, and, and this is the way that people are motivated. Like they're looking at it through that lens. Uh, and and that's not the lens that everyone uh, you know who's working on this uh, is looking. And so, um, yeah, I, I'd I'd be I'd be concerned uh, that uh, you know that uh, and and then the, the, on the on the flip side of that argument, a lot of times people will say, yeah, but how can you have uh, the AI companies regulating themselves? Um, and that's a a, a perfectly valid uh, question and uh, and makes sense. They're the only ones that can do it, though, too. Uh, so I don't know exactly how that, how how the specifics of that work, but they are absolutely the only ones that 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 know enough about how you know what's coming and how fast it's coming. Um, it won't be a room full of senators or you know anybody in in other countries, you know, uh, kind of in the government space. They just won't know enough about how to handle this. Um, it's going to be fundamentally different than than any other thing that's coming. It's it, it and and so much more fast. So it's faster. And yeah, it's just something that I, I, you know, the AI companies are going to have to work very, very closely with the government if there's, if there's going to be successful, uh, you know, regulation here and there needs to be successful regulation. So it's, that's something that, um, but it's, it's kind of, kind of come from the AI companies mostly. You talked about the, the motivations and how it's different from um, kind of what the, a lot of the people in, in politics um, might assume the motivations are. What do you think the motivations are for a lot of the people um, developing AI? It's that this goes well. Uh, it's a it, they they are shouldering the responsibility that this goes well. Um, and to a person, they they know that. Uh, and so, I think there were some you know some questions from you know government leaders and and frankly just normal business uh, folks that would say. That, that would presume that OpenAI is trying to be like the biggest company in the world or something, you know, like they're trying to, you know, knock over Google or, you know, or they're, and they're just not, uh, they are, they are there to make sure that safe AGI happens um, and that it benefits everyone. And I think, I think that's something that kind of gets lost um, in social media, in the news journalists, they look at this through a lens of like normal company competition and that's the same way that that uh, you know that a a, a group of, of you know government uh, you know entities would too. It's like they're 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 looking at this through lenses that are 
that don't understand the motivation of why somebody and, and you know why uh, people are doing what they're doing. Um, it's not to get rich. It's not to um, you know, like I said, tackle or take over Google. It's none of that has any any bearing. And so I, I think just I understand why it it se might seem weird that um, that you know that you could have the biggest product in the world or or you know uh, you know you're. I could see why externally that might seem you don't understand the motivations, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's the thing that I think is probably the most different, you know, internally at, at any of these, you know, really advanced AI labs is that the people are doing it not to make themselves rich or, or famous or anything. They're doing it to make sure that this goes well for humanity and, and, um, and it really is true. I, I think that sometimes people could look with a skepticism or a jadedness that says, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't know if that can be true," but it absolutely is. Uh, you know, so I, that's why I, I kind of put my faith in those those people doing the right thing and making the right decisions because uh, they all have have you know people, uh, humanity as as their kind of end result and 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 end customer uh, is making sure that that it's it's way bigger than just tackling market share for some product. We a lot of the conversation around AGI sounds like it's a race to AGI. Um, is there going to be like we were talking about Google? Um, you said Google might win the race to AGI. Um, is it is it a race, or will there be different forms of AGI? And um, and what is the importance of being the first to AGI? That's a great question. I you know there again above my pay grade, but a lot of, you know, a lot of smart people would have a lot of different opinions on this. Uh, and so we will have, you know, we will have generally intelligent systems sooner than probably people think. Um, and we'll have them in a way that might seem, oh, did we get there? Um, like it'll, it'll, it won't be as obvious. And, 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 you know, I think we thought there'd be like this, this moment in time where you have AGI and then you kind of flip the switch and let it take over. Um, we're not going to have that most likely. Um, and so it's going to be kind of like the, it, it, I think it'll be a little bit more similar to like the self-driving car, you know, kind of paradigm to where somebody say, Hey, um, we don't have, you know, like self-driving cars were supposed to be here five years ago or, you know, self-driving cars were supposed to come in. And, um, you know, why don't we have that yet? Um, but I just drove past a car that had nothing in it yesterday. And I, I still get, I still get excited every time. I'm like, Oh my God, look at that little thing. It's just driving around. So we do have them, you know what I mean? And we have them actually in the wild in a way that I don't know that not everybody gets to see that all the time. But so there's, there's, there's areas where like we'll have AGI and it's like working here and it's just, and it's, and it's working and it's doing, you know, it's, it's creating value. And, and so I, I don't know that there's going to be this kind of period where you'll have a bunch of AGI level things happening, uh, you know, a, a lot of AGIs, you know, working in different areas. And I think we'll think it's kind of normal. Uh, and again, I, as much as I think it's not normal to have a little car driving around the streets of San Francisco, I, I, it's still wild to me every time I see it, but it'll start to seem normal. And, you know, every company in the future will be an AGI company. Um, like it'll be impossible. Like, it won't even be possible that you aren't, you know, whatever you're doing, AGI is going to be helping you as some kind of AGI level 
system will be helping you be, you know, do that thing. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely going to be something that, um, that comes a little bit more slowly, I think, than we, than we thought, but, you know, it's just going it, to, like I said, it's, it, you know, Google will have their, you know, their AGI. And, and so I don't know exactly what it's going to look like when pretty much everything has like a baseline of AGI. That That's the thing I don't know quite how to visualize, um, you know, so I don't know, it'll be, it'll be fun though, when we're there, it's like, just, it'll seem more and more normal, the more years go by. Um, but I don't know exactly what that looks like. Wow. Uh, I have two more questions. I want to be conscious of your time. Um, the first is, what is your what is the most exciting use case of AI? Like to me, I'm really excited to have like an AI assistant to manage my diet, my health, and how so everything's imperfect and like be able to to have biomarkers that tell me um, what to do, so I can kind of outsource my um, th those kinds of decisions and then just live optimally all the time. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Are there any specific use cases that stand out to you? I mean, that's a great one. Uh, I think it would have to cook for me too, otherwise yeah. I'd still screw it up. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so yeah, if, if it can do all that and then cook as well, uh, that's certainly a great one. Um, I, I don't have like a, a dead on favorite. Um, I really do. I mean, I, I, I guess I can kind of speak with my, you know, my, my boots that I, you know, I'm at a place that's trying to automate, uh, you know, software engineering and for some, something that's always seemed hard for people to, automate that what does that world look like afterwards um that's going to get really interesting and so i'll just you know maybe I, I don't know if it's exactly my favorite like i i my, my favorite favorite would be like oh my god i've got this tool and all i do is like you know have ai kind of start showing me pictures of 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 you know something that then can be more or less manufactured out of air uh, you know, I don't know, or, or like some kind of raw material bolts that I put into it. You know, that that's like if if we could get there, that would be some sci-fi level stuff, and it would be a lot of fun to just be, you know, design designing and then throwing out, you know, new new pieces of equipment or new structures or I don't know. That that's gonna be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I gotta I gotta have my my cooker and uh, biomarker bot uh, first so I can make sure I'm I'm alive long enough to see all that. Uh, and then the last question is, are there any books, article, articles, courses, or resources that you recommend we check out? Um, yeah. Um, nothing, nothing super. There's just the alignment uh, problem um, book is, is a good one to really get a, a good shape of, of the problem that's at hand. I, I don't think, I don't think people fully appreciate how tricky it's going to be. Um, so yeah, the alignment problem is a great, uh, great resource, uh, still stands up. Um, and there's new, new courses. Where was it at? It was out of Stanford. I think Stanford just launched a, a bunch of really in, uh, good, you know, kind of, uh, AI, AI preppers, um, you know, kind of courses. I think there were like 10 courses. I don't, so I'm, I'm not, super specific on that uh I, I think i remember reading that not too long ago so i can't speak to it but like there's just a lot of new everything is changing so quickly right now that anything anything that you want to read is going to help um you know if we go back to that athletics like 
taking a swing with a baseball bat or practice your free throws is never going to be a bad thing. Like just uh, the more you grab, the more you learn. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of, I think, I think if people aren't using like advanced technology now uh, we're still in a zone where if you're an engineer or you're a developer, um, you can kind of make a decision to use or not use, let's say Copilot right now or some other generative AI tool. Um, but nine months from now, you won't be able to make that decision. Like nine months from now, there is no, almost no way that you won't be using some kind of, uh, you know, generative AI for your coding. And so not that it'll be automated then, but like you will need the tool. Uh, and so the sooner that you can, you know, play around with that, if you're not already, um, do that. Cause that's probably the, 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 you know, first domino needs to fall, uh, you know, in, in, you know, continuing to stay relevant with you. Like if you're typing all of your code nine to 12 months from now, like you're going to be behind, uh, and you might be so far behind that you don't even, you're not even relevant. Uh, and that's going to happen very quickly. So, you know, get, get your favorite generative AI tool, uh, in, in, into your comfort zone. And I think that'll be a good thing too. Wow. And what about any books um, or articles in your personal life, things that have stood out as um, kind of life-changing books or just things that you, that made a big difference in your life? Are there any, any things that stand out? Nothing that super stands out. I, I mean, I used to read a lot when I was younger. Now I'm more like read everything that, you know, comes through a newsfeed or, or whatever. So just trying to keep up with stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed ready player one uh, when I read that a few years back. Um, and uh got me into VR for a little while. I'm like, oh my God, this is the future. And so, you know, it turns out it's like, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe not quite yet. Um, but yeah, like sci-fi has always, you know, been my favorite uh, thing to read. And I don't know if that really, so I guess that kind of plays into what, you know, what I'm doing now, but it's not really um, like this thing that like, I look back and say, oh, that changed my life. It's just more what I found interesting. So um, yeah, read things that you find interesting. And then it quietly or not so quietly will change the way that you you think about things. Um, but yeah, sci-fi has always done that for me. Wow. I think my audio cut out. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear. But yeah, it did, it did sketch there a little bit. Um, well, thank you very much, Rob. This was an awesome conversation. Yeah, no, thanks, Owen, for having me. And um, I don't know, we'll see where, where everything goes here, but it's going to be a fun ride. It will be. Thank you. All right, you got it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. To learn more about Rob and Magic, go to www.magic.dev. And now I will leave you with a quote from philosopher Charles Handy. The future is not inevitable. We can influence it if we know what we want it to be. Thank you very much.